I'm running the race. I gotta pick up the pace. They throwing shade, but I'm gone. You gotta keep it What's up. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Roz Project, the show where you will learn how to thrive and grow in every aspect of life and business using real, raw, and 100% no bullshit proven tactics. My name is Ivan Tamokov, and I'm your host. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a special guest joining me on the podcast today by the name of Rose Young. Hi, Rose. How are you? Hello. I'm good. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Awesome. Well, before we jump into a convo with uh, Rose, I want to tell you a little bit about Rose and her background. She is an empowerment trauma life coach. Her background was in the health field, a cardiology technologist. She's also an author a visionary compiler of a book called Broken Trust Stories of Empowerment in Relationships, Finance, and Wellness. And she's also a co-author in an upcoming book titled uh, Pursuit by Purpose. So um, before we jump into, you know, talking about the book, and I'm excited to hear more about that, you know, let's start with kind of telling you a little bit more of a comprehensive version of your story. Tell us a little bit about your background, your upbringing, you know, where you've been, what you've seen and kind of what led you up to becoming an empowerment trauma life coach. Okay. Yeah. So, um, first of all, I'm living in Canada, Ontario, Canada, and, um, my background career background is in cardiology and cardiology was, um, and is a great feel. I enjoyed working in cardiology. However, based on um, a traumatic experience that I had in first a car accident that stopped me and um, from working into the cardiology field, then I was um, compelled actually to move into a different field. Um, while I was um, recovering from the first accident, I became a victim again in another car accident. So that led me to basically give up cardiology and start a new career, which is in empowerment and trauma life coaching. Mm -hmm. Yes. So let me ask you this, you know, when you went through uh, your first traumatic experience with, with the car accident, you know, post, obviously post accident, what were some of the things that were going through your mind? I'm curious to, from a mental standpoint, I'm curious to know, what were you thinking? You know, uh, did you start thinking about a strategy of, you know, how you wanted to, um, what you wanted to learn from that experience? Yeah, what I wanted to learn from that experience was um, grow, um, growing and becoming um you know, like healing from that. How mm-hmm. how was I um, going to be able to to grow from that experience? What was I going to learn from that experience? And um, being in that experience um, taught me a lot. It, uh, it actually taught me about myself and the more, um, what's valuable in life, what's important in life, and what mm-hmm. our priorities are. So um, to answer your question, basically, I just wanted to get um, an experience of overcoming and healing from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the, one of the reasons why I asked this question is, you know, as human beings, which, you know, human centricity is a huge part of something that I've been pursuing of both from a, from a life and a business standpoint. But um, I think when people suffer traumatic experiences, they always look at, you know, the downside of traumatic experiences, right? So a car accident, which, 
you know, nobody wants to ever experience that because you don't know what the outcome of it is. But if you survive that kind of a traumatic experience, you suddenly realize it's almost like you have an epiphany and realize that, you know what, I'm capable of so much more. And then you start to think, was there a necessity for a traumatic experience to sort of create a rejuvenating mindset and remind me of the fact that, you know what, there's more to life, you know, and I've just been nibbling in this, you know, very little because the reality of things is most people create a comfort zone that they like to live in and that, you know, that they do certain things. They got daily habits, you know, maybe they work out or they go to their job, you know, they see family, whatever, you know, routines. And they're okay with that. And they're okay with that. And then when a disruption happens, like a traumatic event, then suddenly it's almost like an enlightenment. It makes them realize, that, you know what? I'm capable of so much more. And you know what? My days are numbered because in the reality of things, all of our days are numbered. Right? I mean, we're all, you know, cut from the same cloth and all of our, our days are, are numbered. So what I want to know is, you know, after this, this, this post-traumatic experience, what were some specific things that you were thinking about? Right. So like as you as you were recovering, what was going through your head? You know, what kind of realizations did you have? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like one of my. um one of my saying and my philosophy is you're bigger than your presence. So in that uh, specific time, actually in that specific moment when it happened, everything ran through my mind as um, what now? Like, first of all, why did it happen? Right. And then you go to that experience of um, now you're taken out of your comfort zone and you have to, you know, meet these challenges that you're faced with. So basically, um, what was going to my mind is the future. Um, what is my life after this going to look like, right? Um, you start thinking about family. You got to start thinking about um, your job that you you had. Um, you start thinking about the life that you had. Is it going to be? Um, are you going to be able to go back to it? Are you going to be able to continue? Or are you able going to be able to fit other? Um, stuff in like other um other jobs and other people and like what's what is it going to be like so a lot of things were going through my mind at that time how do i deal with this mm-hmm. and that was the biggest thing i was dealing with i was really struggling about moving forward how do i move forward from this accident how do i move forward into the future what is my future like what is it going to look like so i was thinking about those things yes there were a lot of questions that were going through your mind, obviously, you know, what I'm curious knowing is, you know, typically in those kinds of, you know, tragic situations that when you experience uh, something that's very traumatic is, was it, if you were, when you think back, it was, was it more as you were recovering, was it physical pain? Was it emotional pain? Was it both, you know, that you were experiencing? What did that feel like? Oh, um, in my situation, it was both mentally and physically and even um spiritually because i was thinking at that moment that i'm going through all this pain like why did it happen and um the pain that i was was getting physically was causing me mental issues as well because you know like when you're going through something physical it becomes a strain on your mental ability to focus um to think straight to think um to, to think in the now 
because you know like you're thinking what what happened in the past you're thinking about what my future is going to be like you're thinking about pain you're thinking about medication you're thinking about how do i get over this so it affects you in all areas of your life both um like mentally and physically yeah yeah i i wanted to ask that question is because you know i think everyone kind of goes through a different experience you know post traumatic is you know uh, I think it's usually a combo of both. So as you're experiencing, you know, this first car accident, obviously you had a lot of questions. You were looking for a lot of answers. You were, you were seeking guidance, you know, where do I go from here? How do I deal with this? How does, does this impact my life? So you, you obviously found answers to some of those questions, you know, for the time being, but then you encounter another car accident. Yes. Right. So what I'm curious in knowing is, I mean, you know, when, when something traumatic happens once, you know, it takes time to recoup. But then when you experience something of the similar magnitude, how did that affect you? Wow. That had a great impact on my life. It actually make you um, rethink everything. Because um, when the first one happened, you had to deal with the first one, right? So I had to deal with the first one. And during my recovery from the first one, the second one happened, so now it was like a double portion, right? right? And then you have to recover all over again. But um, when the second one happened, um, based on everything that I had gone through with the first one, I had some sense of guidance and some sense of um, acceptance actually that it happened and I, I have to deal with it. So I had a better understanding and a better idea of how I was gonna deal with the second one. Because the first one is like it paved the way, um, if I might say so again, like Are you still there? Use whatever um whatever experience I had in the first one and getting over the first one I can also um put it towards the second one, like the, um, the, the, the strategies for the first one, I can put the second one and then, you know, go from there. So it wasn't as bad to get over. I see. I see. You broke up there for maybe about 20 seconds, I think roughly. Um, so that, that's okay. Uh, you know, technology, <laughs> uh, technology doesn't always play nice, but, um, the one thing that you mentioned there towards the end is you said, you know, you use the same strategies, you know, as the first time around when you went through this uh, first car accident. So would you say that the second time around, it was a little bit easier to maybe mitigate that that emotional, spiritual, uh, you know, physical pain that you had endured? Yes, it was. It was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so you've gone through, you know, two car accidents. You have obviously, you know, re, re, had to rethink everything, you know. So what were some of the biggest takeaways for you? You know, if you were to think back, you know, prior to your two car accidents, you know, do you like what were some of the takeaways that you can remember that you are now applying in your life and in your business moving forward? Okay, so um, one major thing that I, that I did in order for me to um, even get to this point um, was I journaled, right? So journaling was one of my big thing. 
Um, I write everything down. I write when I was upset, I wrote it down. When I was happy, I wrote it down. So I journal every single day, right? And what one thing I also developed was a thank you list. So at one point I was very depressed and I was wondering like, why is this happening? But then I looked around and I thought to myself, okay, I need to be thankful for something. So I started writing a thank you list and it just became a habit, which I actually do now. Like, um, you know, I give thanks for um, little, just little things, you know, just sure. waking up, um, just having, you know, meal on my, my table. I actually get, make a thank you list. So I took that away. Um, I also journaled. Um, I also um, learned to forgive. That's another thing too. Um, when I the accident, the first accident happened, I was blaming everybody. You know, uh, you know, I wasn't able to go back to work for a while. I, I blame my boss. I was I was in pain. I blame you know, the people who were in the other cars. I blamed the whole world for everything I was going through. And one thing I learned is that when you forgive, you're able to move on. You might not. It might not happen right away. But, you know, like once you're starting to say, well, you know, take responsibility for whatever you need to take responsibility for. And then you have to forgive the other people that's involved in whatever situation, whatever events that happened in the past. That helps you move on into the future. So I took away those things, which I also applied to my everyday life now, like the journaling, the, the thank you list, you know, forgiven. I, you know, I incorporate all those into my everyday life. You know, uh, you said something there that I just wanted to touch upon real quick is that you said that prior to your first car accident, I believe, um, that you were blaming everyone for your own mistakes, you know, for your own shortcomings, because um, you felt that, you know, you probably felt that by blaming others that that would give you some comfort, that would give you some closure. And, um, you know, it's not just you. It's actually a vast majority of people, believe it or not, because... Uh, how many times have you seen someone, you know, blame something that they did on someone else? And yeah. it, it, ha it, it has to do with lack of accountability. You know, it's lack of responsibility because uh, as human beings, we're imperfect. I have all people tell people I'm imperfect. In fact, oh, yeah. you know, I fail more and more times every single day than I can count on both hands. And here's the reality of things. When you start to take responsibility for your actions, and you start being accountable and don't blame others because the reality of things, you are where you are in life and in business, uh, mainly because of the choices you made, sure. the actions that, that you took, you sure. know, uh, it, it had nothing to do with other people. And so to your point is that it's not just you, you know, a vast majority of the human population and even entrepreneurs in business, you know, always try to blame someone else, you know, for their own mistakes, because it's easier to do it that way because they don't want to take responsibility. They don't want to be accountable. Now, when you start being accountable and taking responsibility for your own actions, good ones and bad ones and your shortcomings also, yeah. and that's when your life actually drastically starts to change. And from what I heard you say, you sort of had this mental shift, sort of like an, an, an enlightenment, a spiritual guidance to help you realize that. Yeah, that, you know, you went through this and it's kind of like, you know what, if there's anything that I learned from this traumatic experience is that, you know, to own my shit, basically, yeah, you know, yeah. all my shit and stop blaming everybody else for the th for the things that I didn't do or things that I did and then pan out the way I had hoped. Um, so you have a book called Broken Trust Stories of Empowerment 
in relationships, finance, and wellness. Let's talk a little bit about that book. You know, tell us a little bit about uh, the book. What what inspired you to write the book? Okay, so that book was birthed from everything I went through from the accidents, mm-hmm. the above accident actually. So while I was going through the recovery portion of my accident, um, I had so many broken trusts, okay? And I know people can relate to this because sometimes when, you, when you're going through stuff, when you're going through specific events and um, experiences that are not very um, pleasant to others, right? They kind of walk away from you or they take disadvantage right. of so I've experienced it in my relationships where people were like walking away. People didn't know what to say. They didn't know how to help me do anything. So instead of um, being there just as a, a listening ear, they, you know, took advantage. They walked away or something. I had it in finance where, you know, um, it was a two major accident that interrupt my life financially as well. So that's the broken trust there. And then we had... Um, what was the next one? Wellness. So wellness was the pain, the physical pain that I was feeling. And mm-hmm. I started out writing a solo book, which I'm still like in the process of writing. But um, I started off writing a solo book. And then while I was writing, I, first of all, I was writing when I just started it from a place of hurt. So I was writing, I was writing and I was blaming and I was complaining. And then I caught myself, like I read it over and I'm like, wow, this is not like, this is not going to help anybody. Right. This is just me complaining. So um, I rethink and I regrouped and I um, decided to do an ontology. An ontology now is different people who have gone to brokenness and then they themselves overcame it. So then their story can help others heal or become inspired or something. So I um, got a few people, well, like there's like 30 people, including myself, 31 people in the book. And we all share our stories of inspiration. Like, you know, it's, there's a real stories, true stories that people had gone through and then they overcame. And then what I did was I put all these stories together and we had an ontology called Broken Trust. But the Broken Trust, we give a glimpse of the brokenness and then we give inspirational um, insp- in, information where people can use it um, to become inspired and empowered. Yeah, so that's how that book was birthed. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I mean, you know, these are, you know, the title of the book is, you know, a very relevant title because, you know, relationships, finance, and wellness are actually the top three things that most human beings struggle in, you know, relationships wise, we all struggle in relationships, whether it's in our personal lives or in business, you know, there's the epicenter is uh, relationships. And then, um, you know, finance, I mean, I will tell you this, there's been a lot of people I've gone through this podcast in six years. And there's one thing that I've learned is just that, you know, whether you're at the bottom or you're at the top, you're always going to have finance problems. In fact, when you're at the top, you finally get to where you want to be, you're going to have more finance problems than you've ever had before. So learning how to manage those and then wellness, you know, is a really big one, especially for me. You know, um, I'm someone who, for instance, I've been a cyclist for eight years now, and um, I even talked a little bit about that uh, earlier this morning in today's podcast episode and talked about how, you know, in in the first couple of years of my journey, of my cycling journey, 
it was more about fitness really and then after uh, so this was 2013 through 2015 and then since 2015 2016 so for the last five six years it's really been more about you know mind therapy and personal development and and enlightenment so to speak i mean still fitness related but it has yeah. really taken on a different form and so I, I talk a lot about mind, body, and soul, which really kind of encompasses that wellness because, yeah. you know, you got to have those three things, you know, so relationships, finance, and wellness that you talk about in your book are all essential things that, you know, every human being needs to, to find ways to mitigate, you know, how to call it balance. If there's, you know, a balance, you know, to be able to balance those things to live, you know, an abundant life. Um, yeah. So... That's great that you were able to tackle that because I know it relates to a lot of people out there. That's a completely different story of how people actually execute on these things because yeah. most yeah. people, they know that they struggle in relationships and finance and wellness. It's just most people are unwilling to change any it of changed. those things, yes. you know, yeah. and take action um, against those things. So one other thing, you know, that I want to talk about now that we mentioned, you know, your two car accidents, the book that you've written is that, you know, one, one of your one of the things that I want to get your uh, take on is talk about detachment and letting go of the past. Okay. So, you know, your past was different prior to the car accident. Your yes. past was different prior to the book. So let's yeah. talk about detaching, letting go of your past, and how have you tackled that, and how has it changed your life? Okay. So um, back to the past. Um, Okay, I will just say this um, part first and then go go back. Okay, so what, what I want to touch on right now is detachment, the word detachment. Okay, so after the car accident, I am going to go back there because that kind of just enlightened me. Um, after the car accident, I learned a lot about myself and about things. So um, I realized that I was very upset about um, losing my, right? And the word my is I'm attaching myself to certain things. For example, my job, my car, right? My house, my friends, right? My, my, my. So what I, I, what I started to do, and this is um, just my thing. I, I started to do, instead of saying my job, I detach myself and I say the job, the car, instead of saying my, my, my. Because when you attach yourself to certain things, then it becomes a part of your being, Right? right. So as you learn to like let go of these things, you have to detach your physical self from it, your mental self from it. Um, so um, that's why I wanted to touch about the detachment part, because when you detach yourself, you have to detach your whole self. So my job was not my job. It became the job, the car. Right. Because I was crying about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, 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 do you understand what I'm trying to say here? Right. So yeah, that, you know, one thing actually I wanted to mention since you're talking about detachment here, yeah. you just said job. Yeah. Now, a lot of things that you actually listed out are, believe it or not, materialistic things that most people yeah. think that, you know, they're, they're, they're requirements for them to be able to live their life. So uh, there was something that, uh, I mean, there's multiple studies out there, but since we were talking about job is most people compare uh, losing their job to, a, to the next closest thing to death. Yes, because they feel that if I lose my job, I don't have any money, I can't support myself. And what's really interesting that you said is, is that you kind of did that when you said 
you 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 replace my with the, but what you did mentally is basically you change your perception and outlook on those things, mm-hmm. right? Right. So keep going about detachment. I mean, that completely made sense. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to touch upon the job thing because, you know, we're seeing rise of entrepreneurs left and right, mainly because more and more people are finding out that, you know what, losing my job maybe is one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. And um, in regards to in regards to that, too, um, a job does not really define who you are. It's what you do. And, you know, I had to learn that. And I actually knew that. It's just it, it came to a realization, right, that these things are materialistic things. And I shouldn't I don't necessarily need to attach myself in, uh, to them in order for me to move on. Right. And um, so that's one part of the, the one point of um, detachment that I, you know, incorporate again into my life where I try to um, move on into the future without um, attaching myself to everything that I've lost in the past. Yeah. Well, speaking of detachment, you know, you brought up a very interesting uh, thought that I actually wanted to share too, is that for the last 50 years, probably maybe even longer than that in the United States, there's sort of been that traditional mindset of the way that, you know, uh, we as humans need to live our lives, right? So you're being told that, you know what, you, you go to school, get your degree, get a full-time job, you make some money, hopefully you can pay all your bills, hopefully you can put some money aside, and then you die basically like that was sort of the traditional path and over the last i would probably say well since the birth of the internet really you know so early 90s i would say the internet just completely changed the way you know people are going about you know living their lives you know the internet has created opportunities for people and has also changed you know the perception of how you should live a life so suddenly like you were saying is detaching from the traditional mentality of you know what, maybe this job is not a good fit for you. Like you said, it's something that you do, but it's not something that you're married to. And most people think, even nowadays, there's a lot of people out there. I mean, 80% of Americans think that they're married to their job. Yeah. yeah. They're married to their job. And so, you know, when you sort of go through, and, and there's so many repercussions of this, right? Is this that, so when you go through the mental shift, like you did, you're detached from a lot of things including, you know, not my job, it's the job, which it's just a job. It's not a job, it's just a a job, right? And really having that epiphany of that, you know what, I can always find another job, but you know what, why don't I find something that I truly enjoy doing? Why don't I find something that I have real purpose behind? Something that's going to give me fulfillment. Because you know what, most people are afraid of that. They're afraid of it is because they look at everything from a monetary standpoint and they're unwilling to detach because they think that as long as there's a monetary value and it's consistent, that's the only way that they can live their lives. True. Right. Because let's face it, you know, losing the job and finding something that you are truly passionate about. So becoming an empowerment trauma life coach as a result of your traumatic experiences, if those traumatic experiences hadn't happened, you probably wouldn't have been in the position that you're in now. Yes, totally agree. Totally agree. And um, the job from before is like a comfort zone, you know, like when you're, when you have something, you know, it's a total, um, 
it's everything is all routine and everything is all fixed and everything is all scheduled, right? So now when you have an interruption, then it becomes a big problem, right? And it's really right. hard to move away from that. It is like, okay, you get this certain amount of money um, every so often, you have a certain time when you get up, you go to this job, you finish this time, or whatever it is, there's a routine and it's a set um, scheduled that you're, you're right. programmed to do, right? right? So when that becomes interrupted, by whatever events or somebody or something, then it becomes a problem, right? So if you, um, you change your mindset, which is what I did, you change your mindset and start looking for different, um, different solution, different jobs, as we we're talking about, um, buy another car like I had to do, right? Then, um, then things are different, right? And then you might even get a better job, you might even get a better car, you might get a better whatever it is that you're looking after, right? And not only that, in the process, you might find what your um, your purpose is, your purpose, right? Because every one of us have a specific purpose, I believe, that we are, you know, we're meant to serve or we're meant to do while we're here on earth. And um, if you don't know what that purpose is, you are just living in default. You're doing these jobs, but you don't really like it. You're just doing it for the money or you're just doing it to, you know. So um, I look at it like when things happen, you have to acknowledge that it happened, right? And then you have to move on. You have to detach. You can't go back. Really, we, right. we're meant to move forward. You know, it's not like we can go back like from yesterday and say, okay, I'm going to go back and live in yesterday. It happened. Yesterday's done. We can't go back. So we just have mm -hmm. to move forward. And how are we going to move forward if we're stuck in one place, if we're stationary, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's an excellent point. And actually, that's a really good segue to, um, you know, the next topic I wanted to chat with you about, which is about self-control. You know, yeah. one, uh, one of the things that you had mentioned, you know, in your bio is that um, uh, you are really good at uh, being able to stay calm. So I want to talk, I want to get your take on, so how do you exercise self-control, especially in, you know, tedious and very, you know, uh, high tension situations? Like, uh, was it something that you learned after your accident? Or was it something that you were naturally gifted as, you know, uh, in your life? I think um, I was naturally gifted. However, I didn't really practice it, right? Because sometimes when people are like, you know, like um, getting excited around you, you seem to like follow the crowd. So whatever they're doing, you're doing it, right? They're like screaming, you're screaming, you know, they're calm, you're calm, right? But I think like um, each of us, I, I, this is my opinion, of course, each of us is given like the sixth sense. So each of us have these ability to do stuff, but until stuff happened to us, we don't really exercise them. So uh, like, again, back to the car accident, Right. Yeah. I started exercising these things because I needed to calm myself because when it just happened, my blood pressure was over the roof. Right. Yeah. I panicked, you know, like and everything like that. But after it happened, especially of the second one, then I had to learn to control my feelings, my emotions. And as human beings, we live and we, you know, we we operate on our emotions. So I had to learn again, to control myself, my emotion and everything that's going on around me. Because if I didn't, then I would be, I would lose total control of um, everything, right? Yeah. I would be, yeah. So, well, you um, know, you hit the nail on the head there. And I want to talk a little bit more about that is, um, so the ability to stay calm and exercise self-control is a matter of, like you said, the ability to control your feelings and emotions. And 
you know, this is such a such a top topic because in life and in business specifically, well, in business, you know, people buy based on emotions, you know, yeah. um, the way the way that they're expressing themselves towards something. I use this poor analogy of, you know, let's say you have a hundred dollars, right? And that's all the money that you got. And you see these shiny sneakers, you know, a lot of guys are in the high tops and, and stuff and they see like the new Air Jordans or something. They're like, oh my God, I love those shoes, right? So suddenly you go through, and this is literally how big brands have learned to market and appeal to customers, you know, since an early days, knowing that you might be broke, right? Yeah. And yeah. or might have a little bit of money left, but you know what? You're going to buy those $100 shoes because you have that emotional attachment to it. You feel like if I buy those shoes and I put them on my, on my feet, they're going to make me feel better right yeah. they're going to give you a sense of holiness they're going to give you a sense of you know excitement rejuvenation feel like you know empowerment right and right. so how do you what i want to know is since we're talking about you know exercising self control and being calm so how did you how do, how do you currently you know uh, are able to maintain you know feelings and emotions from getting the best of you um it's just something that you just <laughs> Well, for me, it's just something that I just practice. Um, I, I, I don't, um, like I see things from a different perspective, number one. It's like, do I need this thing? For, for example, what you were right. just talking about, I'm using that as, a, as an example with the running shoes, right? Do I need it or do I want it? Do I, right. And the reason I want it or I need it, what, what's the reason behind all that? Is it because somebody else is having um, is wearing it? Is it somebody somebody else is influencing me? So um, I learned to just um, base my uh, my actions and 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 just what it is that's important. So right. is it important for me to have this, or is it important for me to scream, right? And who's going to hear me if I scream, kind of thing, right? So I it's just something that I practice um in my in my everyday life but are you still there i can't hear you now <laughs> oh there it is yeah are we back <laughs> okay yeah, okay. I mean, that's an excellent point that you mentioned is just that it's, you know, it's, it's self-control is just the ability to prioritize things, you know, and this is in your life and, and in your business, like you said, you know, is it a want or is it a need is really what it boils down to. And I think even then, you know, the excitement and the emotions, you know, tend to, tend to be very challenging, right? Because when we get very excited about something it brings us joy, right? Yeah. So, but yeah. suddenly you, you're still posed with you know the question of is it a want or is it a need you know Definitely. is it something that i need to have in my life or is it something that i want to have in my life and i think in business especially you know as an entrepreneur especially in your early years of entrepreneurship you probably at least i know when i first started my business five years ago those were things that i was questioning myself every day was it a want or was it a need is this something that i need to have for my business to grow and thrive or is it something that I want to have? Because yeah, yeah. it also correlates to financial decisions too, right? Like, do I, do I need to spend money on this or do I want to spend money uh, on, on this? You know, because 
So that's really, really important, but it's so basic, right? So fundamentally basic, but it's, it's so multifaceted and essential to everything that we do in life and in business, the ability to stay calm, self-control, you know, always be looking for ways on how we can expand our mindset, you know, uh, our perception. You, you mentioned perception, which could be a whole different topic that we talk about, but perception is so much of how we view life, right? Is the way we view things is what determines a lot of our actions, you know, and, and the way we approach things because um, we all see things differently. So, um, but with that being said, I know that we can keep chatting more. And this was a phenomenal conversation, Rose. But uh, before we sign off on the episode, you know, can you please tell, you know, viewers and listeners, you know, throw out some social handles, websites, you know, ways that they can connect with you out there in the stratosphere? Okay, so I am on Facebook, and it's Rose Young, and um, I'm on um, Instagram. <laughs> I'm not to be on Instagram, but uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram. And I do have a, a website, it's roseyoung.com, and um, yeah, so they can reach me and those um, social media links. Awesome. Awesome, Rose. Well, I want to thank you for the great conversation. Uh, I'm a huge sucker for that. And, uh, you know, uh, congratulations on the transformation that you've gone through. You know, okay. a lot of people will never experience the things that you have experienced. And uh, it might sound cliche, but sometimes traumatic events are sort of necessary to help us push forward. It's not something that, you know, we opt for as human beings, but traumatic events, you know, push us forward to become the best version uh, of ourselves. So thank you so much for the great conversation. I'm excited to see you uh, flourish in the rest of this year and beyond. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you. They trying to end me, I'm running the race. I gotta pick up the pace. They throwing shade, but I'm gone. You gotta keep it a box in my face. Taking the gang out of space. Especially if you stay in your place. They hate me on all of my songs. Uh, I don't know what can I say. They throwing shots, but I'm saved by his grace. God is the shoot, I'm the lace. Running around, got me stoned.